Brianna Elmore, and this is the Creative Conversations podcast presented by One Choice Magazine. Creative Conversations is a safe space to help both experienced and beginning creatives see the beauty in what they do in order to take their careers to the next level. Whether you're just getting started or your work is finally gaining traction, Creative Conversations is a community of creatives willing to learn from mistakes as well as wins. Be sure to share it with a creative person to encourage them on their journey and tag the newsroom at One Choice Newsroom on Facebook and Instagram. It's only up from here. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Elmore, and today, you guys already know what time it is. We have another amazing guest who I love, admire, and truly support and appreciate. And so I'm going to read his bio real quick, and then you'll hear the lovely voice of my next guest. So without further ado, Philip Johnson is a 27-year-old Black film, TV producer, writer, director, and actor from Detroit, Michigan. Based in Los Angeles, Philip creates films and shows primarily focused on bringing unique creative light to the Black LG. BTQ Plus community with a Bachelor's of of Business Administration from the University of Michigan. Y'all, I swear I can read. Uh, (laughs) Philip has been building filet films into a studio creating and producing Black queer shows and films. Okay, so first of all, I don't know if y'all heard all those things. (laughs) I tripped up. I can read and I tripped up. I can't even keep up reading, y'all. He is a TV producer, a writer, director, and actor. Okay, let me, I had to run that back really quick. So without further ado, this is Philip Johnson. Yeah. What's good? Hey, Brianna. I'm so happy to be here. What's up, listeners? Yay. I'm so happy to have you, like, Phil. You know, I love you and I appreciate you a great deal. So I really am excited to share you with uh, this platform. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be on the platform. And shout out to the Ambition team. Yes. On the platform. <laughs> yes, okay. And you guys have heard the Ambition team before, okay? <laughs> they have been guests. We had Destiny. We had Tyreek. We had, I'm trying to think, is there anybody else? Drew. So, yes, we have had the Ambition team all up and through here. Taylor, we had have had all of them. And please go listen to their episodes. But not before you listen to this one. Uh, (laughs) So, Phil, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I know I read your bio. I don't want to be redundant, but tell us a little bit. You know, give it's a moment to just kind of pop your shit real quick, if you will. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, I am a, yeah, I'm an award-winning producer out here in L.A. I make shows, films. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot popping over at the studio and we like to have a good time and have fun creative flair with any of the projects that we're doing. So yeah, I'm happy that people have been enjoying them and you will be seeing more and more as, you know, things keep going because it takes a long time to develop things like shows, even Insecure. There was like four or five years behind the scenes before it even was seen on screen. So 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> we got some things cooking in the oven, but it's going very well. So I'm excited. Yes. And like, it's just so interesting. It's so interesting to be able to see it because it's like we consume the art when and we want it like, bah, bah, bah. We want it right now. Like as soon as you binge watch something, you're ready for the next season. And I'm certainly guilty of that. But I think that it's important to know things take time. They just don't just happen. And I think that um, for me, I appreciate it more when it's a little bit more time put into uh, creating it anyway, because it's like, okay, I'm really going to love it because it took a whole bunch. It's like, do you want to, uh, what is it? Some macaroni that is like instant or do you want to wait a little bit for it to bake right. and do and do what it properly needs to do? Yeah. I prefer baked macaroni. Okay. Not that box stuff. So I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this is no different. It's true. The creative life definitely uh, Getting used to the patience has been one of the big, really, requirements in order to just, you know, be happy and sane through the whole producing and developing and creating process. So, yeah, I and it's really, really weird, though. It's weird because you get so excited about creating it and then you get yeah. super pumped up and then you got to shelf something for like yeah. a year or two and you're like, but I'm so excited. I'm so tight. And I think as yeah. a writer, you understand you get so attached to these yeah. characters because you wrote them, you thought of them, you helped build these people into multifaceted human beings who respond to different situations and, and things in all these different ways. And then it's just like, oh no, <laughs> you gotta wow. just let, you gotta lay them down. And then it's just like, then you pick them back up and you gotta get back in that mindset again yeah. it, to it be is, able uh, to produce it. Yeah. And so one, it was like, especially frustrating for me. Yeah. Like three years ago, I think I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, when it comes to developing a series, I was able to see exactly why, you know, it takes as many years as it took um, for Issa to get insecure all the way on screen because, you know, mm -hmm. you go through ebbs and flows. And so, you know, you just have to build the perfect team. You got to build the perfect scenario. And so, you know, it's just trial and error points along the way. And the key is to like, keep going forward. But for me, the key is to also like have those more instant gratification type of projects also. So like when it comes to short films or, you know, the social media content or stuff that I'll do, it's like, I can be like, boom, we're making this, you know, we're starting the release process and still with film festival circuits and getting things on the streaming, it can like be a process, but it's been definitely helpful for me. Um, like the gaze as videos and stuff on, um, social media is like are hilarious by the way <laughs> <laughs> thank you literally me and my cousin I didn't put my cousin on I was like girl look at my friend he is crazy she was like oh my god so she loves you too <laughs> oh my god those definitely be catching me by surprise when I'll be thinking of the idea I'll be like oh wow this is ridiculous <laughs> but it's, it's and I do enjoy, though, yeah, having just, like, little art projects along the way. So, yeah, I like to balance it, like, because the big long-term projects, you know, are always in the works. But got to have your short-term, medium-term, and long-term so that some other things cooking in the fire. Because, yeah, the patience can be a lot. <laughs> yeah, and then you want to stay sharp, too. And then it's like, you yeah. have to, like, it's like, this is the big thing we're waiting on. This is what I, this is my entire child creative child but in the meantime i need to let y'all know what i can do because i'm very capable yeah. still, you know I mean? 
Yeah. So it's like sometimes you have to have that like working resume almost. Like, okay, you know, yeah. he's funny and he can come up with a good concept. You know, like even though it's yeah. like a little bite size, like, oh, okay, this is cool. But right. that still builds you and it builds your audience. In the meantime, some more people will be ready to consume once everything is like handled over there on the getting all the production together. Yeah, I agree. And as you said it, the analogy that popped into my head was, it's kind of like the Olympics. It only comes Mm -hmm. every four years, but track runners, for example, you know, they also have the world championships on the years in between in golden league or diamond league now circuit meets where, you know, they can make hundreds of thousands or, you know, millions of dollars from winning these races, but everyone cares about, the Olympic championship, but it's like, you gotta also care about the things in between um, just to keep things going and have some other credentials. Cause um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, I agree that. Yeah, and even that, you gotta stay in shape. Like, yeah. <laughs> wait four years and then hop on a track, you will sit well, there and buckle, like think about it. It's, it's very true. And then even the creative world, like you said, you wanna stay sharp and Part of that is being able to not just kind of keep up with the trends and follow the trends, but like find ways to create your own trends and kind of innovate. And so you got to have almost that awareness of where things are to know, okay, you know, how could I potentially do something unique and that hasn't been done while also doing it in a way that is going to be able to have the type of, you know, result, um, in response that's necessary so yeah i agree that you just gotta know what's going on and have fun creatively along the way because even since i originally started flip-flop for example in 2019 i've been with flip-flop now tell them give us a background quick to the flip-flop because you know i know what it is but (laughs) but So Flip Flop is a comedy series about uh, an athlete whose techno conversion therapy goes wrong. So basically now he and other characters in the show are having to navigate fluidity and sexual and yeah, sexual and gender points fluidity. And so, yeah, I created it in 2019. But the thing is, it's been evolving as it's gone. And Mm -hmm. so even now, like there's just characters and storylines. And, you know, as we just continue on in the pitch process and, you know, have our trial and error with, you know, teams and just different things and, you know, really find it the right home. It's been Mm -hmm. really cool to get to make sure that it's evolved creatively and, you know, kind of encompasses some of the things I've learned or experienced or are doing with other projects. Um, So, yeah, it's been a good experience and I'll be excited when it's finally seen. because I'm it super was, excited. It's a good time. All right, yeah. Like, the, like the, the trailer for it that you released was a good time, but also I've been a, a production assistant and that was a good time. So, you know, a, a, a fillet set is a good time, y'all. So, just saying. <laughs> Look, I'm glad that you had fun because that's really how I want it to be because, you know, we could be in a more stuffy career if we wanted to not have fun. But, you know, art is supposed to be a good time. So it's mm-hmm. about enjoying it while watching. But I do I do believe in us enjoying it while creating it. Because it's like, why not? Why make it more stressful? It's I think the art is better when everyone is just less stressed and having fun. 
Cause you can see it in this stuff. Like, I don't know. I feel like you can feel it. You can feel yeah. like maybe it was intense or some people you can, it comes out in the characters, even though even you, even the most talented people you can see where you like, okay, she don't really, but this was a good show. This was cute. But like, you know, like you can tell if it's like um, a lot of tension, but also just being uh, creative and, and either working behind or in front of the camera, you can, it's like nobody wants to be a part of this. Like you, you want to yeah. build your representation. Your, uh, you want to build your, uh, was it your reputation? You want to build that up so that people will want to work with you and people will want to be around and support because you. It's like you never know. It's like you know you could be a PA one day and then be showrunner. You yeah. know what I mean? Like exactly. you don't want. You have to. Everybody has to be treated with respect, but also it has to be a good environment. Because again, yeah. in in the way that things work, it's pretty cyclical. It's like you know, yeah. you never know, you never know what role somebody's going to be fulfilling for one production or the other. And then the thing is, it's like when you are part of creative communities, like I think that we are at this point. It's like okay, we have friends who do creative stuff, but yeah. also as a friend that does creative stuff, I'll do anything you need me to do for your production and i and i would assume you, and you being here today will prove that you would do the same so it's like you know it's like so it's like i'll do whatever you need me to do to help you with your creative endeavor so if it's being a pa for sure if it's being a, a script a, a scripty for sure whatever you want you want me to be in the background all right but like it don't mean that i don't know how to do other things either so it's like yeah. so you have to make sure that that environment is cool because a lot of times people are multifaceted people right. can do all these things and then we like like i said it's like we're all in the community so we're gonna do the humblest or the or the whatever role you want us to do so it's like but it doesn't mean on our production we necessarily gonna be a pa if i'm the Head right. writer, or something. you know what I mean? Exactly, and that's why I think that you know it's very important to, like you said, treat everybody with respect. Because I think in Hollywood and even in the world, you know, it's kind of customary to treat you know maybe an assistant or just certain different uh, lower positions with less respect. And mm -hmm. I just don't believe in that because, like you said, everybody does different things. Um, for the most part, people don't really move out to. LA desiring becoming a, you know, production assistant or assistant, you know, they also have dreams and goals of their own. And it's about treating everyone like a human who does have dreams and goals and all supporting each other, like in a non-hierarchical manner, just as humans being present. And yeah, just wanting to spread some love and help and support for people. So yeah. Right. Welcome to the McKissick Health Podcast Network, where you can listen to immersive story-driven series and interview-based shows, including the McKissick Health Podcast, Creative Conversations with Brianna Elmore, The Experience, and our show, Good Luck Chuck with your favorite host, Key and Bree. Our show engages with listeners through funny but honest storytelling and interviews with other people we know who are navigating everyday problems. We help our Chuck Peak listeners put in the work, be intentional, and figure out how to live better lives. Listen to the Good Luck Chuck podcast on all platforms and follow us on social media at GoodLuckXXChuck. You can also find us online at podcast.mckissichealth.com. Welcome to the room, Chuck Peak. I agree. We 
love a good love atmosphere, okay? <laughs> Life is too hard to be like just creating more stress and strife. Like I want the easiest, most you know, just peaceful life possible. I'm like, give me harmony. I don't need none of the other. <laughs> I don't want the drama. I'll watch it on TV, but I don't want it in my life. Right, and if it pops up in my life, I'm going to do everything that I can to go ahead and get all that to a peaceful place because I just, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's never going to be on purpose. So. Yeah. <laughs> Never, never that. Never now. <laughs> maybe as a kid, you know, back then, maybe sometimes was on purpose. But you but didn't I, know that though. I'm like not. you didn't know it like that. As an adult, I'm as a 27-year-old human, no, it is not gonna be okay. Exactly. And it's like it's just not the type of reputation you want that you're gonna want drop. Mm-mm. It's not that's just not a vibe. As an adult, we have to we have bills to pay at the end of the day, so it's like for me, I just think what could even be serious enough for me to really actively, you know, I'm just not going to be doing it. <laughs> I'm not. But I do love watching it on reality TV, though. I don't mind them doing it because, you know, it's fun to watch. And- it is. And it's fun to discuss. And then, like, you realize you, like, you, I don't know about you, but I, like, release, like, if I, maybe I had a 10 tweet. And then I'm talking about this vigorously with someone else who's consumed this. Okay, now I can get a little bit of stress off my chest because I'm like, and I'm putting myself in that position and it can be cathartic. I like looking back on it. I <laughs> I never realized how much reality TV I've consumed in my lifetime. But like, I think even as a kid, I was just like, what was I on? Like, you know, I, would, <laughs> I watched just, being Bobby Brown. I just recently got started. Like, I had never watch that much reality TV until this year, actually, I started watching Real Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it just, it really just convicted me. I I just loved it. And you know who It's my polarizing. And you, and no, it's very polarizing. Do you know who my favorite is? <laughs> Nene. <laughs> it's, see, now listen, y'all, my babies, I love us for real. Just kidding. I would never come at nobody on no Monique because Monique is out here wilding. But like, <laughs> but, but I will say, I love Nene, but I just hate that she messes with her own legacy by her antics. Yeah. It's just like, girl, you could be out here. Like it was, a, it would have been like natural progression for her to take over Wendy Williams show. Let's think about it. I think it's just hard on the ladies on the reality show, especially Real Housewives. I think that drama at times like breaks them. And yeah, but I think it's them. giving drama. It's giving jealousy though, like the way that she operates, and it's just like oh, yeah, hey, you're that girl. You don't even have to be that. It's like I feel that hearing some of the digs. Since I am such a Nene stand when I watch, it really <laughs> bothers me though. Some of the digs that they'll do, like even they allow Kim, a white woman to call Nini a moose and stuff for all these people. And I felt like it was equivalent. What she was trying to say was, you're a gorilla, but moose was acceptable because nobody had ever called anybody a moose before. And so that's how I felt about certain things. So I felt like, part of me felt like I needed to protect Nini too. Because it was like- Keep watching and I would like to hear your thoughts later because she keeps doing, she'll do stuff too, Phil. And that'd be like, I want to be fair and I want to protect you, but girl, come on now. 
I Come agree. No, you gotta I, help me. You gotta help me help you. I cannot. I, this is crazy. I what are we doing? <laughs> what I, agree. Doing? I don't like. I don't care for Kim Zosiak. So I don't care. She can go. I don't ever have to see that lady again. And I preferred yeah. it that way. Exactly. Uh, but exactly. like Nene, I get so upset because right. it's like you're so good yeah. and you keep it. You keep the shenanigans up. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah, it's like we really care and we really want, you know, you on television and you thriving and happy off of television and on television. But, mm -hmm. you know, it is hard to watch. And then I'm on season 11 right now where Greg's cancer is like pretty bad. It's it's really hard to watch, honestly. It's rough. Like, it's rough because we love and then then you get torn because when Nene's cutting up and you can't condone whatever is going on with her in that moment you still love greg that's where the uh all the housewives have been conflicted because they love greg but nini acting a fool or they didn't fell out yeah, on the I, house with uh with nini so it's like well you know greg not gonna go nowhere his wife not welcome which is obviously that's commendable that's how it should be but it's like nini <laughs> i haven't actually gotten to the point where like i'm at the point where he got diagnosed earlier in season 11 and now they're just kind of like Nene so far has been somewhat calm, but I know that my mom did tell me that she gets more emotionally unstable as it goes on from mm -hmm. there. And so I'm I'm nervous to see. I'm just like, oh, see. She just Greg, has it. She snaps. Seeing yeah. Greg pass and then her snap in a way that's going to get her off the show. It's going to be hard for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, like, it was really sad. Like, you know, um, when he actually passed, she wasn't on the show. So... I just, it was like, but it was still hard. That I'm not going to have to watch him pass on the show in that way. Um, yeah. That would have been harder. So, I agree. Anyway. <laughs> I agree. But I like Candy. I like Candy. Candy's consistent. Candy yeah. is consistent. And I appreciate her consistency. She's proven that she can get the girls up off her. Or, you know, whatever. She could pass a bone. She could yeah. do whatever is necessary. I like Candy. I'm going to protect Candy at all costs. Because Candy yeah. really don't. She can get messy. And she's not the best at bone carrying at times. But I love me some Candy Burris. Yeah. I can't remember her middle name. But I love me some Candy Burris, okay? Burris Tucker. Man. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. You can always talk to me about any Housewives questions or, or feelings. I would also urge you to watch Real Housewives of Potomac. Ooh, it's yeah. even less to uh, it's less to even binge to get it together. Hey, that's a good truly. thing. I probably will do that one next and Married to Medicine. Yes, Married to Medicine, up and down with it. But yes, for sure, Potomac just keeps getting better. It's like, it, you know, you have to give them awesome grace in the first season because it's like we're still establishing storylines we're establishing right. who can't stand who we get who's the villain who's the nice one like all of these things so it's like okay but as it for season two and moving it's pretty good oh so, uh, i'm excited <laughs> yeah let me uh, the doors are always open for any kind of communicator but Certainly, we will definitely talking after this because Housewives comes on later today, so we're gonna see how our girl Sonya does. Because I need her to 
step it up. Yeah. <laughs> and let the girls know. I think she will, but I just get upset because she stumbles a little bit. Like she she's like, you know, you can tell she's trying to find her uh like her footing with like I'm 10 toes on this, but like she'll stumble over it. And then people be like, well, that's not what you said yesterday. That's not what you did this day. And I'm just like, but I get what she's saying. And I don't like that people are like taking her, not necessarily knowing her footing as her flip flopping, no pun intended. <laughs> and like they're taking that as her like, you know, oh, she's this, this and the third. And I'm just like, I want, because I, I get what she's saying. So I'm just like, she's not doing that. And we all know Drew's fake. Let's not do this. Yeah. Crazy. It's true. Marlo, running thin. <laughs> running thin with her. Done. I'm, I'm still at the point where she's been a friend of the show for like 10 seasons and exactly. still hasn't even been invited to have a peach. So that's all I even have to say about that. She. That's all that needs to be said, Phil. <laughs> Just trying so hard for so many years, and she still was. So anyway, now it's giving thirst. If you're watching the current season, and I know that you are, it's giving pure thirst. It's crazy. You're causing problems where they don't exist. It's nuts. Oh. It's too much. It's too much. All right. <laughs> I listen. My heart is full off of this alone. Let me be very perfectly clear. <laughs> Y'all, please keep the. Please keep the. Housewives and reality conversation. Please keep this in the recording, y'all, because this, <laughs> this is good. Uh, <laughs> it needed to be known. Some things needed to be said. All right. <laughs> um. Okay, you ready for an icebreaker? Yes. All right. So we're going to do some word association. Okay. So... I'm going to just say a few words. You can give it quick first word that come to your mind outside okay. of that word. You can give an explanation if you want, or we could just okay. rapid fire up to you. <laughs> up to you. I'm, or we might circle back, whatever, whatever. But yes. all right. First word, uh, equality. Equal. Um, I was going to say equal rights, but then I'm just like, oh, wait, you said first word. That's just too similar. This was. <laughs> I guess I can't have the word within it. That's when you would have had the buzzer. I was going to say equal rights. Okay, equality. Insert uh, buzzer sound. Okay, can they be double words? Because all the things pop in my head are. Still, this is, you can say whatever you want. You can okay. say whatever you want. I'm not over here. Like, there's no buzzer, there's no prize. It's just a way for us to understand how you think a little bit better. Oh, it I ain't see. that, you know. I'm over here if it's a phrase, it's fine. I'm over here, like, oh, I need to rapid fire so I can win. Okay, never mind. All right, <laughs> let's just. <laughs> okay, I see. So we want to see our thing, not go fast. Okay, I'm over here. <laughs> I was in my track brain, like, let me run. Okay, listen, okay, y'all, in addition, I wasn't in the bio, but Phil is also an athlete, okay? <laughs> he's an athlete, a track star. He's no runner, but he's a track star. Oh you understand? <laughs> you understand, then you understand. Amen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, equality. Love. Love, okay. Representation. Black, LGBTQ rights, all of them. 
Black rights is right. Okay. Human rights. That's what that is. No, 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 no. I was going off oh. what you were saying. That wasn't the next word. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh my god, what's the next one? Okay, but yes, you all the human blackness. Dang. I was gonna say one of the um ancestors. Good. I'm trying to keep it to one word. But feel <laughs> this this your show, baby. You can oh, do what you want. You know, it's good. It's cool. Uh, creativity. When, I, when you said blackness, I should have said Detroit, though, because that is partly what I think of when I think of black. Creativity. I'm here for that. That's a that's. If you didn't been if you Detroit, you know. If you didn't been there, you know. If you know, exactly. you know. And I just got back a couple days yeah. back, so I'm like, then that's home. Like, okay, yes, exactly. I'm here for that. Creativity. Colors. Okay. Sustainability. Water. Ownership. Money. <laughs> See, that was good. <laughs> that was good, Phil. Yes. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. It was. You could, if you want to talk about any of your answers, that's fine. If you don't, we can go right into these questions. Up to you. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think for the ownership one, you know, black ownership is important because um, black money is important and black people being able to have some um, financial autonomy is important. So, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one, too, because especially as black people, we see where all these rights are getting stripped one by one. We're not going to get into that, but it's a thing. And so it's just like, so the importance of ownership is you can't take that at that point. That's mine. You can't take it. It's a little bit more solid right. of a foundation for you to work with. And um, yeah, also on ownership, just knowing you personally and knowing how you've been moving to create and to create with ownership is something that is certainly noteworthy and is um, it's admirable. I really do admire that, that. You are taking things. Not only are you creating your own things from your brain and, and creating it into this whole amazing piece of art, but you're also doing it in a way that is beneficial to you, that you can build generational wealth for yourself, for your family, all of these different things. So I think that that's so important. Well, I appreciate you. Yes. <sighs> to the questions. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So the first question is, how do you feel about the current state of representation in the LGBTQ plus community in television and films? So I think that it is improving. I think that we're getting some more. Um, but I think naturally we can just have more, um, for sure, more and more. And when I look at certain shows, you know, we're able to have more gay storylines, but I still think that there's room for there to be like, you know, a few Noah's Arcs on TV, because that's mm -hmm. the big show that was um, popular a couple, probably, let me think, 15 years ago now or something like that. And I think that we deserve not just, you know, another Noah's Ark, but we deserve a whole bunch of options that are funded in um, a large way. 
And yeah. so I think that there's room for us to have um, more projects that, yeah, just go across different genres. And I think that going off that ownership, there a lot of the times are some Black LGBTQ projects, or I'll say some of the projects that have a Black LGBTQ storyline are not owned by mm -hmm. Black queer creatives or, you know, executives. And so I think that there's a lot of space for us to, you know, behind the scenes with a lot of my peers, um, you know, just for us to keep on moving and growing together or, you know, separately to, you know, everyone, I think ownership wise, social media and our technology is going to give everyone that opportunity to keep building. And I think that we are going to get to where um, I envision things, even though racism and homophobia are things. I live in a fantasy land in my head where all positivity will <laughs> push through. So I'm But you have to do that to be able to make yeah. it through a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be able to create because I think and then that that like that's like at that point where it's like, okay, I've got to you're creating your own fantasy world. It's literally Ooh. where you have it's where your creativity uh is birthed right because yeah. it's like okay as a writer i can create this space that i don't see around me so hopefully that i i can influence the space around mm -hmm. me i can um imagine it until it's reality yeah i would say being you know having a certain level of delusion uh definitely does help with creativity and yeah just it, manifesting really any goals like mm -hmm. say we are you know black and female or black and queer and female or whatever you know different minorities we are mm -hmm. um, no matter what goals we have in any industry those things can be uh, a limitation and so i think that having a certain level of just delusion and you know <laughs> optimism it helps <laughs> i think so i it think does. so because it's just like you have to have that vision yeah and it's not most of the time we're building it. We don't know what's yeah. going on. That's why it's necessary to do the character development and all these other things in the, the setting development. Where are we at? What world? What's the things that would probably be acting against me in this space? Yeah. Right. So oh you and I need to. Oh, we got to have like a creative meeting meeting. No, so like really sit it because this just got me thinking about some things. Listen, so Phil. You know the number. We can always talk about these things. Yeah. We can turn this when it's recording off. We can talk. I don't know. I ain't got nothing. Yeah. To do. <laughs> but yeah, we can always talk because it's so important to set the space and set the tone. Because, it, but like I think that's why it's so important to be intentional when you're researching too. If you're doing an era piece, right, an era that's different than right now. So even future or you know past it's like okay i have to think about what's probably going to be acting mm -hmm. uh, against these characters uh in addition to other characters so it's mm -hmm. like okay what's going on what's happening why right. is it happening um i wanted to kind of go back real quick to like that ownership portion that um you were saying like a lot of these shows sometimes they're not run by uh, minorities or people who are part of the community that's being represented through the show. And I think, do you feel that gives some kind of footing to get it wrong? And when it's not people who like can properly, who know what this is about, right? Because it's like, if we're talking about have being divorced with kids i can't i don't know what that's like i would have to ask somebody what that's about because i don't know anything about that like 
You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to give you my interpretation to try to get it as right as I can. But then it's somebody else to be like, sometimes you just be mad. You just throw stuff. Like, right. you know, like, I don't know that. But then I can write that into my character stuff yeah. and just be like, all right. Or sometimes you'd be like, oh, you think they're ripping down paintings? And it was like, but I'm not going to mess up my house because you got to go. You know, who knows what it is? I would have to ask someone that's been in that situation or pretty dang close. Yeah, I definitely had an experience that made me 100% think that um, white people should not be writing any of my black stuff, truthfully. Like, period, point blank, that's one of the big ones. Like, they are never going, it's never going to be appropriate to get a script back, you know, from white people, you know, having marked it up and having them have put the N-word in your script. That. Uh, no, that is never okay. It's never going to be appropriate for people to be telling you, yeah. It's like I've literally had white forces tell me that my black team didn't write something as if it was a black project. What would that mean? Right. So what? Like, so what's wrong with it? What? No ebonics? Like, yeah. what exactly would make my black team? Ha- you know, and so... That's just one of my very, very big feelings when it comes close to my art. I just, I can't see myself wanting to go through that anytime soon again, having like non, at least minority voices in like a writing space in that way. It was very sensitive for me and it was, that was a tough experience. So I can be on someone else's project and then, you know, be in that type of scenario. But for something that's like too, too near and dear, I did have the experience of like that blackness being the blackness and queerness were being interpreted in some ridiculous, insane way that had nothing to do with, you know, what the story was we were telling or who the characters were that we were telling for. So so at that point, it's almost like a caricature of what the reality is. It's like, I'm telling you what the reality is. That's like me telling you something that happened to me. And then you telling me, oh, no, it didn't happen like that. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, what? No, this is how it happens. It was, yeah, I think that it is pretty, yeah, it's important to be careful with just those sensitivities and stuff for sure. And I think it's possible that in the future, you know, there could be, it's also about having the right people in the room because if people have the certain sensitivities to tell them, oh, I know what my lane should be and I know what I shouldn't be saying. Because I'm sure that, you know, for example, for Insecure, I know that they probably had some white writers in the writer's room who just clearly were hired because they were culturally sensitive enough to make everyone feel comfortable enough to create some great art. So Mm -hmm. I think that it is possible um, to have people who are outside of community, you know, in the process um, in that way. But when it comes to the ownership, yeah, I think it's important for it to be... um, the ownership from the community that the project is serving because whatever is coming from the top needs to be um, like really able to represent the community that's portrayed uh, accurately. So Yeah. And then also it's just like, yeah, those people can be in those spaces to provide like maybe blind spots. Right. Because it's like, okay, we know how we would being from Michigan and having lived in Detroit, or the Detroit metropolitan area. Yeah. We understand how 
uh, we understand vernacular. We understand different social cues that maybe someone else wouldn't understand that. And so because of that, we can have a conversation and know it, but then somebody else looking in can be like, well, what does that mean? Or what are you trying to say? Or, you know, just something very simple and like pop and soda, right? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It could be that kind of conversation. Right. And then at that point, it would be our decision to make to say, oh, do we want to explain it or we want it to, you, you'll catch it on context. This is straight mm -hmm. up, this is a, this is two Detroit people who've lived in Detroit having a conversation. Yeah. We don't care if it's palatable for you to understand it or not. Right. We want it realistic. Or we're like, okay, maybe we could take a step back and say, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? We can make those creative decisions based on that. So I think it's good to have a rounded representation so that we can understand and say, okay, is this going to be like a teaching moment? What does this mean? What is that? What is this, this, and the third? Or you'll get it if you get it. And if you don't, then that wasn't um, a nugget for you to get. And that's okay. You'll right. catch it. It's still going to be a good show. You're not going to turn it off because you don't know what I'm talking about in that specific scenario. You can look it up or again, catch context and move and watch as this story continues to move because exactly. this soda or pop is not going to stop you from understanding the rest of the show. And again, <laughs> that was pretty petty, but like you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we can make that decision at that point. It's like, no, I want it to be authentic, and that's not what I would say. I would not explain it to my friend who also knows what it is. Well, I would not explain it. So yeah. yeah. It's a fact. It's a fact. And that's why having ownership is great. And making sure to just maintain that until it's really time to, you know, and of course you still give a lot of other people ownership and things like that. But the key is just knowing the exact right business way to do it. And one of those has to do with money. Like if a company is not offering enough, then, you know, you should make sure to always maintain majority because that just it's the correct thing to do. And then like those creative decisions are, you know, just less stressful because you're able to just put your foot down and be like, this is what it is. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would say it definitely is um, just something to learn to balance and because everyone's creative career is totally different and we all are in, you know, completely different, you know, maybe creative scenarios at times. Um, but it definitely still comes up, like you said, just, <clears throat> ownership by different people or just collaboration with people outside of a community. So always something to just, yeah, learn to work through. Are you looking for a lifestyle magazine that challenges your mindset and spirit? Do you need recipes to help you eat healthier and fitness tips that target your body type and needs? Check out One Choice Magazine, your trusted resource for wellness, personal growth, and spiritual development. Read articles that educate, uplift, and inspire readers to live well. Get the latest issue at onechoicemag.com. Yeah, because we don't want another Juneteenth, it's the freedom for me situation. Because it's just like, that could have been avoided. I do feel like there were probably Black people in the room, but what was going on? Because that probably should not, like, I feel like that might have been an aside. Somebody said, just like, I feel like it was a joke. And then somebody's like, wait, what'd you say? That's it. And it's like, no, <laughs> what? No. And then it's like, now you're looking crazy. Right. You gotta pull this stuff off the shelves. And, you know, yeah. it was a whole, that was a mess. It was. Uh, <laughs> that was an entire mess. 
So with all these things going around and thinking about like this, the ownership aspect and all this other stuff, sometimes inevitably that's not always the case. Right. And so we see different situations where it's like mm, clearly somebody from one community or the, the community we talking about was not in the room yeah. uh, when these decisions were being made. So with that understanding, what are some like LGBTQ plus or black misrepresentations that you have that bother you the most that uh, you see? In stuff? Well, I really thought Kendrick Lamar's album was a piece of shit. Mainly because oh. it opened up. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> this last one? Yes, because okay. the song that it opens up with, he is basically, number one, he misgenders his um, trans aunts, but also he says the F word three times. And so... Yeah, I just absolutely did not support that and really, really did not appreciate that. Because for me personally, that's a word that during childhood was very, very triggering. And so it's like a white person making a song and screaming the N-word three times or four times and then being like, oh, I just did this because, you know, I wanted to tell the story. That doesn't even make any sense. And right. so he gets no It's so easy to not use the word. He gets absolutely no respect from me personally. So that was one that I thought was just horrible. On TV, I think that, and maybe in movies, I have to think of some, but, you know, there will be that stereotypical little gay token character who is just like this little sassy or whatever, like, you know, little archetype that they have built and just stuck with in Hollywood. And I really don't enjoy seeing that ever. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, a lot of people have told me that's why they gravitate towards my videos that are like gays ass because all we ever see on TV is this literal, either they're overly sassy and they're like that, or they're like very DL and they're that certain way, but it's never- It's like no, DL to the point of homophobic to, right. to like be overly defensive. And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, nobody yeah. is even checking for whatever you're doing. So like, that's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's like they only give those two and so, I enjoy bringing to like, you know, just a whole bunch of random of the gay characters that <clears throat> really exist in real life and stuff. Cause yeah, I don't like the whole monolith of everyone having that one personality. Cause it's just not, the, it's not the truth. So. I forget. It's like a, it's a movie with Kenan Ivory Lands in it. And it had the, like the, like really small, like skinny slim gay man. And they had him being really uh like more feminine and like they were like do the slap like I feel like that was like again that was a long time ago but I feel like in some ways people still take that as the uh as the prototype oh, and do. it's just like first of all this was probably can it's like a little bit more um satirical and so it's like you know it's not like it's like okay that's not sure there's room that may be somebody but the point is that's not everyone so yeah. I think like we can't stick to just that being the thing yeah it makes yeah it makes that be like the expectation or just the image of what the only thing is so yeah I'm, i like shedding some light or bringing some light to all the different unique little oh, yeah. characters who one may come across <laughs> exactly and the thing is it's just like you know i'm an ally but i'm not a part of the community so i is it to me i would attribute it to being like having the stereotypical black 
friend in there to be like, uh-uh, girlfriend. No. Exactly. No. Like, exactly. you know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to make it something like that I could, you know, that I could be like, right. This is how I would feel. And so that's why I was like, I really hate that. It's just like that's why we need more people in the rooms because it's okay. People, but it's like it's okay for it to not just be one type of right. character to fulfill this. You know what I'm saying? It's so many different people in this world and different people have a whole bunch of different intersectionalities exactly. it ain't just one thing yes um what is so so in that same vein what is what are some things that you think have been properly represented um i think that it is cool that in music we're getting some queer representation that we never did as kids mm -hmm. like lil Nas and santana i did not yeah. have that growing up in the first yes. Thing like that similar that I can remember was Jesse Smullett's character Jamal on Empire that mm -hmm. was in college and that's when I actually decided and that's still pretty recent you know what I'm yeah. saying like that was still not growing up for us you know right. that was college and that made me come out so maybe if I would have seen that four years before maybe I would have come out four years before yeah because um, I didn't happen to like run across Noah's Ark um, while growing up which was like the main there were other shows, but that was the biggest, I think, black gay one um, that had come out and been seen. And I just I didn't happen to see it. So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's because yeah, that was like 90s. So it was like that was not what right? Was, 90s, early 2000s. I think it was like 2005. So I was okay. so I was like 10. And so I wasn't yeah. watching it like I wasn't right. watching any adult shows probably at that time. Right. Or if you were, it was like a sneak situation. So it's like, where yeah. even was it, you know, airing and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because I know my mom was parental advisory, especially <laughs> like with like girlfriends and stuff. Like you remember oh. like the UPN lineup, but like girlfriends came on. It was like, all right, time to turn it off, sis. Oh, <laughs> no. I watched Girlfriends for the first time ever starting in the pandemic, and I've watched it like a lot of times, like all the way through. And I love Girlfriends, but I will say that they did exactly that with the gay characters, Peaches and yeah, whoever the other one was, Waldo. Ronnie. Yeah, they just always were like very, very overly um, much the same character. Yeah, it just would give them that personality it's just like and, it, and it's like everybody that has maybe uh it's just like everybody's not messy like they were be, they were very messy they and right. that was, it was just like that's not they always <laughs> made them messy and like negative whereas that's not even really people's experience with you know the friends who they have in their life who are gay that's not even like how everybody is so many people are just like chill and not even like that but yeah they made it they made it look very negative in certain of those ways. Yeah, just the stereotype. It's one thing for a character to be a way, but for every single character who is gay to have to be like that. And I'm I'm trying not to call out some of the other shows who <laughs> definitely got a character like that. Um, definitely got characters, incorrect. And it's just like, you know, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very counterproductive because at that point, then we get into people like fetishizing, having um, friends who are a part of that community, any one community or the other. It's like, oh, because I just want somebody to, you know, go travel with me and be talk mess. Like, what? No, no. Being treated like an accessory because then yeah. people also like, 
uh, respect gay men's tastes. So I see it in Real Housewives because I love the show, but them women, they are (laughs) innocent on there. The way that they treat the gays at certain points, they will actively or, you know, probably treat them like little accessories. Listen, now the way that now I will, you know what I'm probably about to bring up. Your fave had a problematic party. That was very problematic. Just saw that one too, like on the last season. Highly problematic. It was like girls and gays that everyone bring their favorite gay. Like, and it was just like what? And then I felt extra insulted with Kim because she bought a black man, and it was just like I didn't like that. Everybody else, yeah, maybe everybody else did, but they were also black. So it was just like I don't know, Kim. Yeah, it was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, now that was out of order, now. And she did get some backlash in. Re- I remember in real time, she got backlash for that. Yeah, no, she in general will be having like kind of worms for brains when it comes to the, to the gay things she'll say. It is just, yeah. I was like, no, ma'am, I'm trying to protect you, but you can't, <laughs> you go too far outside the perimeter. I can't do anything. She definitely said some dumb things in multiple points. <laughs> I forgot about some of them till now. Yes. Yes, maybe. Like, she has truly, <laughs> that girl has truly been out of order. Yeah. But we'll move on. Nene, we'll move on this time. <laughs> um, as a, um, a a creator, do you set to give representation to LGBTQ plus community, or is it more of a natural progression because these are the intersectionalities of your life? You're black, you're um, you're a part of that community, and it's just, and you're also a creator. So it's like, do you you know set out to have the? It's like it's like okay, this is our mission, and I gotta do it. Or do you like this is natural? This is how life is. This is life as I experience it, and I want to be able to represent my life so somebody else that has similar experiences can feel seen or do you just like no i'm just gonna do it yeah i would say i'm trying to like track how i felt at the very beginning right before i started and think okay how important for me was everything at every different point because i know that from the beginning it's like i was going through my own you know things and some ways with the lgbtq stuff so it's like when i did black sex in the city Mm -hmm. i almost was just kind of doing it and felt like it was almost an artistic expression of like you said kind of what i was going through and then like okay you know if someone not exactly what i was going through but like just putting lgbtq stuff out was different for me and especially being from detroit it Mm -hmm. was like something i already had to get over at that time and so i knew i wanted to be an artist but i don't think when i first got the idea it was like okay i'm gonna put i want to put you know a lot of lgbtq this and that because i was still coming out myself right i was gonna say that wasn't far off from when you came out yeah because i'm like i'm thinking about the time frame that had to have been around the time where like empire was at its height so Yeah. yeah i was still more so just like gradually coming out i had already been out but i was like somewhat still coming out just like trying to go after you know an artistic career and then it wasn't until i think later on within black sex in the city that i really you know became more in the black gay community because before that i had just had my boyfriend i had never really had gay friends 
I had never been in the community. So at first it really was just like me living life while creating some art that was all just fictional and wild and fun. And so then people were enjoying it. And then it became, you know, as I lived more as an adult and experienced more as someone in the community, that's when then it became more that that was, you know, a big passion of mine and still is a big passion of mine because it's like, I get messages from people who, some of them are anonymous, but who are very, very positively impacted by the fact that, you know, I'm willing to make the art and just kind of be open with the LGBTQ side um, just of myself and everything. So I think that over time, it just became that living out loud and being willing to make fun art and stuff during Black Sex in the City, that was helping people feel good. And so it's like, even with the gay series, I technically didn't start it thinking, oh, I'm going to like educate the masses on, you know, all these different categories of gays. It was just something I had experienced the night before. Um, I was like not dancing that. We had just finished filming The Unhinged. I wasn't dancing that much at the club um, for whatever reason. I don't know. We just were standing there. I might have been like, you know, around just bopping around a little bit, but I wasn't doing all the TikTok dances I had been doing, you know, doing a lot. So somebody who we were hanging with was like, oh, you're not giving the same energy as social media. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you not dancing all crazy? And I was just kind of like explaining to them, like, you know, I'm, I'm stoner gaze right now. It's kind of what I am <laughs> right now. And so it wasn't until like the next day I randomly was like, you know, because also a Santana song had played that I had never heard that I really liked. And so I just was enjoying the gay experience. Like I was living it and enjoyed it and then just wanted to make a video Partly really for that person to explain, like, you know, I might be this this day, might be this that day, and there might be this gay, there might be that gay. So it wasn't like or it can be the same gay person right. and have all of these different yes. moods. Like I'm a human being. And I think that that's what's so important. I'm like not it's just like just to piggyback like off the sentiment it's just like that's why i think it's so important as a writer that's why i wanted to do screenwriting because i wanted to humanize experiences for people since they don't think that a black woman can exist without having to be strong and having to hold yeah. a man down that do it wrong constantly wow. like you know what i'm saying like it's like eh, i'm out of here like i'm out of here if you out here <laughs> tripping like this is that that's it you Breakup know? and divorce are very <laughs> great options. You know, some people don't believe in divorce. As someone who grew up, you know, from divorce, I've always believed in divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you can you be just fine. So yeah, like it's just like because it's like I, I always believe in limits. Okay, I have limits, and if you if you you meet that boundary now, if it's like it's out of control, I'm going to have to, if somebody else stayed, that's amazing for y'all. And I hope that that worked out for you. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gone. I'm gone. Uh, so that, that that's amazing for you, but I'm out of here. So it's just like, okay. but I think humanizing the experience because it's okay. And it's room for everybody to exist. You know what I mean? And it's a case by case situation too. Yeah. Sometimes like you can say yeah. you can like, even I think even Beyonce was like, I swore I'd leave. It didn't, you know, right. it depends. <laughs> it depends. And it she's does. not wrong for one or the other. Exactly. Like, shoot, whatever is right for somebody is right for them. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it should be. And so, yeah, I guess to answer your question, it, it's been a process. It's been somewhat just me living my life and somewhat me, 
yes, like aiming to inspire that positivity because I knew whatever I wanted to do was just going to be putting some positivity into the world through the art. And, you know, the art that I have always chosen to make has been black and gay. And mm -hmm. so when I, you know, over from the beginning started seeing the positive response and like effect it was having on people, it just made me, yeah, I, I felt good about that because I like when people are positively impacted by something. So the mission was kind of built through that. I think that that's amazing, but I like because I I think sometimes people are like, oh, okay, they can kind of. I just didn't want you to like. I want to address it because sometimes people put you in a certain box, but it's like you can create any story you want. But these things are are the things that are prevalent in your life, and we were trying to give good light to these different things and give good representation where it's not just one. Our like archetype it's like okay we have we have a whole bunch of them you can be whoever you want to be and right. you can show up however you need to show up for yourself so you can be stoner gays one day and you can be like we live in the club exactly. the next day, and that's okay be on the couch the very next day <laughs> like standing on the club couch i'm saying you yes yeah. Or not. You could be at your in your living room couch. That's up to you. Exactly. <laughs> Club couch. Club living room. Like, so yeah, I just honestly things just be kind of spontaneous and then yeah, I just go with the flow. And I, I feel like we had talked about it, maybe it was before the thing started rolling earlier, but you know, we just mm -hmm. all out here winging it. Like we just wake up and we creating, you know. And what stick, stick, whatever, don't, don't. And I can learn like what not to do maybe from one that didn't work, you know, or exactly. just learn how to tweak it to, it's like, it's still my vision, but it's something that makes sense. Like much right. like with your, uh, with your content that you're, that you produce, I'm sure there's stuff that have more views than other things, but it's like, okay, it's first of all, it's all good fun. Second of all, it's just like, it's good content to keep, keep it pushing in the meantime as you continue to move, go from project to project it's zero it's zero fault <laughs> it is definitely fun i enjoy all the different art forms I'm listen the mm -hmm. one where you did first of all phil you're actually very funny i don't know if you realize it <laughs> but it's, it's like a few videos that are going to make me laugh the same with the same intensity no matter how many times I've watched it, and it's been a lot, and no matter no matter when it pops up, I'm gonna laugh. So one would be the gaze of the barbershop with like on Valentine's Day. Yeah, you going you going in 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 messing with what is it messing with bitches tonight? You're like, no, just my husband. Oh, you're yeah. like that was hilarious. It was just the way that it was said. No, my husband. And then the other one was like in the elevator. In the elevator, letting the lady oh. know that you were safe because it was like you're in an elevator with a lady and she looks scared and she don't know what kind of man you are. She's just scared to be in this elevator with a man. So you start rapping Meg the Stallion so she knows she's safe. But then the twist at the end. <laughs> both of you just got a little too vulgar. Yeah. Yes, but okay. We're getting explicit because as our uh the head hottie in charge does <laughs> get a little explicit. Um uh, but that was so funny. And then the one 
It's the blooper where you are trying to twerk on the wall and you start screaming. I was going through a lot at the time. It, was, it looked really scary, but it was just, it was like where it went from, oh, okay. Uh-oh, just split to, I am in danger. It can be a real horror film in here trying to film some of this content sometimes. <laughs> it was like, I just had to had to give you your your flowers on them because those are gonna always make me personally laugh. And like, I think I've commented more than once on one of them. Like, you'll reshare them or something, and be like, "Oh gosh, remember this?" And it'll be like, "Oh my god!" And, and every time, it's the scream for me in the in the twerk bloopers. It was a scary time. Like, it really was. That apartment living there was a scary time. <laughs> that scream really did wrap up a lot of how I felt about life at that moment. <laughs> oh, my it was God. A, it was a crazy time, honey. You had a time that night. <laughs> it, that scream was truly the moment. Like, my life was just about that much of a horror film at that point. Thank God for growth. Okay. I'm so grateful for God. I haven't screamed in a minute. Like <laughs> bloody bloody murder, fear, scream. It's been a while. So <laughs> like if I knew you were scared for real. That's why it was so funny because it was like this went terribly wrong. Like <laughs> it was so much falling on me. Oh my God. It was like <laughs> I don't even think the shot ended up working either. I think I had to like scrap I own, like in the actual video. Yeah, no, it was whew, that was tough. It was crazy. You it was chaos. It was. That's why it was so funny. But um my next question. Okay, so given all the responsibility that comes with uh, adding representation and adding different layers to what people see, do you ever feel exhausted or do you ever feel like the weight of kind of carrying different narratives? Like, do you ever feel like, oh, my God, like this is a lot of pressure? Um, or do you look at it as like more of a challenge like okay i ain't seeing it so i'm gonna create it here i don't see this one i don't see this angle of life and uh reality for somebody even if it's not your own so i'm gonna create that one or is it like oh god i gotta be an activist and <laughs> i have to like take on like your activism hat as well as all the other intersectionalities that make up feel like do you ever feel like this is crazy. This is a lot. Um, it does sometimes feel like a lot of pressure in some ways because I think that I put a, it really what a lot of the pressure is is from myself because I put mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on myself to like keep everything just positive. Like if I'm going to be an artist, if I'm going to have a platform and be putting things out into the world, I need to always like I look somewhat at all of us as humans as the sun and we have love inside of us, like the sun has light inside of it, and we shoot it out in all directions. So mm -hmm. I do look at myself as somebody who, you know, needs to be shooting out love in all directions. And that has to, I'm, I'm imperfect, anyone's imperfect. But um, I would say that, you know, the, I do feel that pressure, but I just, the way that I deal with it is, you know, if I'm feeling emotionally heavy, like right now, there have been a couple of family passings and so you know some days you don't have as much motivation and energy 
um, or just creative inspiration and stuff. So what I like to do is isolate and, mm -hmm. you know, relax, like be still, watch some mindless television, watch some track on TV, like really focus on taking care of me. Because in order for me to put out this art and, you know, have some positivity in the world, I got to be good first. Mm -hmm. So, And y'all feel would take a, a solo vacation quick. I will. <laughs> and it's so necessary. I'm like, I love that. I love to see it because it's just like, that is important. People I, don't think about that. The thing is, I've decided though, this year I decided to stop um, being impatient with friends and like wait more for friends. So for a lot of the things I've been booked for in other cities, of course, for those, I got to fly there alone and then just meet my friends there, whoever's going to be there. But for vacations now, I'm all, I'm doing only with friends, family, like, earlier Mexico this year because I had done so many solo vacations because I'm very spontaneous and so mm -hmm. I'll be like oh I want to do a trip in like next week like after maybe next Christmas once we finish filming it <laughs> I was like I want to go to Mexico and so I booked a trip for three days from then so none of my friends or family could go so, right. so I decided to stop. But I think there's beauty in that it just has to be balanced because sometimes you can feed off of some some people but sometimes it can be a chore to go on a vacation with some people some people aren't the right individuals to go on it either and i'm not saying that that's been the case and you know pointing anybody out but i'm saying like sometimes it's good to do hit a solo location because sometimes you you only had a capacity to think about what you can do and what you can take on today like okay it's like i know i'm out of it and i know i need something and i'm not trying to uh you know put pressure on somebody else i'm gonna just go that's, that's how my head thinks. That's the thing. Like, I'm very decisive. I really know what I want at all points. So it's just like, when I decide I want to go on a trip, I don't really want to factor in other people's PTO and this and that. But as, you know, an adult now, I'm like, okay, I do desire now the bigger friend trips and the bigger family trips with cousins and stuff. So yeah because it's a good time it's a good time but it's just like sometimes it can be more stressful trying to get people together yeah. and then everybody like i think it's a whole bunch of like memes and gifts or whatever where people like everybody 20 people responded and said they was gonna go to the trip and now it's only five people in the group chat for the trip yes. that's actually serious so it's like it's, it's it's a whole bunch of different things that come into play too so it's like i'm not trying to deal with that i know i'm trying to go and i'm gonna go exactly and i also am someone who believes while on vacation i'm very very good with like say you want to take a nap you want to go out you want to go to the jungle i think everybody should do what they want to do we are adults correct and i think safety is important um but especially say i'm traveling with males i'm sorry but i am not gonna care about anybody's feelings about anything like if i want to because i don't like to party at night a lot of the time on vacation yeah and then because you don't know where you are right. I stuck with something and now i'm in the slave trade or the drug mule trade i don't want any of those parts and plus i want to have energy during the day so i can explore and enjoy the sunlight so mm -hmm. i do believe in like splitting off and that has at some point, you know, that's why you got to travel with your friends who are okay right. with Who you. know you, and it's like, okay. But with women, though, I do have a different sensitivity because I think it's harder to travel globally as women, especially mm -hmm. 
I agree with that. And it's like, it can be scary. So it's like, we actually do have to move in packs. So it's yeah. like, it's like, we actually, I cannot split off because I don't know where I'm at. And then somebody's going right. to peep. I don't know where I'm at. And then that's a whole another can of worms. So it's like, right. you know, roll with somebody that's down. Like I'm a person when I'm on vacation, I'm, I am not a huge planner. I, I really do work at it. Okay, so, I'm trying. I'm not a either. I'm like, so I don't like doing the itinerary thing because I feel like that's more stressful to me. I like to like just, certain uh, things. Yeah, I'm the type of person who just likes to, you know, let the wind like let me know where to blow. Like I don't like to look up restaurants and then be like, yeah. oh, this has this many stars and this this. Let's go there. I like to be like, where's the area with restaurants so that I can then walk and, and like, you can see up. what looks like what you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I like to. <laughs> One of the funnest trips, I can't even tell you, one of the funnest trips I've had was going to New York for the first time. And I have not been back since, want to go back, but I went there with one of my really good friends and like he and I, we was just doing whatever. It was no plan. And it was so fun. It was so fun. There was no plan, Phil. It was literally, it was just like, okay, pregame at the Airbnb go somewhere yeah don't know where don't know what i'm doing we were only there for like maybe a weekend or something it really wasn't a long stay either but it was just like let's do something random this is fun and i had so much fun and i That's can't cute. even tell you the full itinerary of what was done it was just like we were just doing random missions it was That's great how it should be you should just be walking around be like oh this looks fun we having fun over here just gotta live off the land you know yeah. <laughs> just float with the breeze that's how i like to do vacation it's a good time get great tips while networking with other creators across the world when you join the one choice magazine newsroom the newsroom is where editors contributors and freelancers for one choice magazine gather to tell stories exchange insider information and develop their expertise. When you join the community, you will get access to workshops, deals on software, creator tools, and special episodes of the Creative Conversations podcast. If you are a creator looking for a safe space to see the beauty in what you do and develop your talent, join the One Choice Magazine newsroom. You can follow on social media at One Choice Mag Newsroom and sign up for the mailing list online at onechoicemag.com. I like that too, because like again, over planning, and it's 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 room for both. But it's just like if we're over planned, like if I'm legitimately tired and I cannot go to sleep because we're supposed to be on the I ten by ten, I am not going to be having fun. Yeah, that's a problem. Morning plans <laughs> are generally going to be um, just difficult for us. Yeah. on vacation, I'm like, let yeah, but. I'm fine with someone planning something if, yeah, we just kind of meet our each other halfway. Then it's like, okay, cool. Now we, we have, have certain things we're going to do. We know Tuesday we're going to go rafting. I, I'm not trying to go rafting, but I'm just, that's the first activity I thought of. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to do that yeah. on Tuesday and then we can explore. Okay. I just need time to explore. Right. <laughs> Next question. Okay. I'm ready. Because that was some good self care, y'all. Take notes on the self care and self awareness <laughs> of care. <laughs> um, so you, I know that you're an actor, so you audition for different things as well. What do you look for in roles that you're auditioning for? Um, because, and I'm sure, is it like hard to audition for stuff when you're a writer and you know you can just create I, it? 
I actually don't audition for things because one of the decisions that I kind of made, like, <laughs> I'm, and I don't want to say this and then nobody wants to like give me anything, but I'm not the most interested in acting in others' projects. Mm-hmm. And part of what it comes from mm-hmm. is like, I do have a certain level of, and this is, yeah, I have a certain level of desire to keep like control over my body. And I think that in the industry, even from some of just what I've experienced so far, especially like say you cute or whatever else, like so many people are just going to want to like put you in something and have you in this sex scene. And it's like, I don't really want to do many sex scenes and things like that. And yeah, Yeah. just because I feel, yeah, I just like to control what I'm going to do because I'm going to limit what I do in that realm. So uh, that's why I don't like to be in too many other things because yeah just like with the ownership mm-hmm. i also like to own my path in my career but in that same breath i because i have certain sensitivities and just reasons that i just don't really care to allow you know certain controls or like people to force me into certain you know just situations like the industry can do if you're not careful i'm sensitive of that for others so like there's some people who come to projects and stuff like that and be like, you know, I got a boyfriend, I can't kiss, you know, I don't do this, I don't do that. And I absolutely never turn anybody away because of that. Because I'm like, we was already gonna censor and have this more about other stuff anyway. Cause it's right. just not- It was just gonna be a tasteful situation yeah. anyway. Right, cause I don't mind seeing that of course in other actors and other productions <clears throat> and stuff like that. I just want to be able to, you know, achieve success and, everything while keeping certain boundaries and i just personally don't want to be in many like you know nude sex scene scenarios because i mean i i just feel like the goods are a little too good to be out here you know just letting so i really love producing um stuff for me to be in but i haven't auditioned well i think that's dope one i think that that's inspiring and then just like from the ownership standpoint but i also uh, can appreciate just really taking hold of like your autonomy you know what i'm saying it's just like no it's certain things i'm not going to do and i'm going to create it but i'm also going to respect other people's limits as well in the things that i create because i'm not going to say oh i'm not doing that and then have somebody else out here full frontal it's like wait whoa exactly and that's why exactly that's why you won't see no hypocrisy in the stuff that i do because you know whatever i'm sticking with i'll never yeah i will not want to I just don't want to exploit because it's so easy. Oh, we could just, you know, have people do this new, this new. But number one, a lot of the time, some offers will want you to do certain things. And it's like, well, the money isn't really adding up for that. It's like, what? So for exposure, like you can't really ask certain things to people for like not enough money, number one, because then it's just like exploitation for no reason. And so, yeah, it just is all about the comfort of people. And I've had, you know, countless actors definitely tell me their boundaries and be like, this is what I definitely don't want to do. And not one has ever been released or let go from a project. We have always molded it all according and to deliver. Deliver. Yeah. Deliver. Exactly. <laughs> um, because a lot of people, you know, of course, actors, if they say that they're not willing to do things, then the producers, whoever's just like, oh, well, we need somebody else. Because they're so like set strong on seeing butt crack in this sex scene or like yeah you know whatever it is and it's like people don't want to do that not everyone so and that's okay like yeah it's i think i think we can still like seeing somebody's butt crack 
and getting this story through is not that that's not going to actually push the story forward that's very much thing. so it's like so it's like okay that is the thing and you know i'm not saying there won't ever be a day where in my own thing i decide you know i'm feeling good and just go walk by the screen with my booty out or something like that but if i did it it would be my choice not somebody else's choice and if anyone else does it in my thing it would be their choice never my choice yeah so. and i think that that's what's important to to know it's like if i feel like it i'll do that but if i don't i won't and that's why we go back to what ownership exactly <laughs> and then also just like keeping things yeah just positive and with integrity because uh yeah actors are already not on the ownership side of things in certain ways so it's like they should be given a certain level of you know control over their own body because for me that's just you know what is important for me and you know a lot of people feel that way so i think that that's just what i want to represent with building a studio in hollywood that's going to be doing films and stuff i don't want it to be like oh yeah no nah, he's slutting him out or you know this or that like i don't want to do <laughs> yeah. I think that is a good rule of thumb to not, be, but yeah, because yeah. you know people would be willing, but it's like I don't. All right, it's like I don't want to do that, and it's just like it's giving your work a little another level of humanity. So I think that that's important, and it's like if that's the if that's what tip y'all on, let that be y'all. That's just not what we doing over here, <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay. It's room for that, but it's not here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, like we like said, it's about what moves the story forward. And, you know, the reality is that a lot of those sex scenes, they're not doing everything for the story. Or, yeah, it's not necessary to be as graphic as possible. That's not doing nothing for the story except for people's private parts. You know what I'm saying? Like Right. And then no. it's just like, that's, it's it, it can get, like, invasive with yeah. that. Um. Oh, so in this in the same vein of like stories and moving those along, has it ever been a story that you felt like was kind of out of place from the initial vision? And then like how did you work through to get it back to that? So not even necessarily involving like, you know, <laughs> like body exposure, et cetera, but like just in general, has there been a story that was just like this is off the rails. This is not what we started doing. And then how do you like move forward uh, through that? Um, like a story that I had written or that I was mm -hmm. somebody else. Um, well, I mean, either or really oh. is it, has it ever been one where you like, just in your experiences, have you ever seen like a story, like just, this is off the rails. Yeah. We got to regroup. How do y'all like, well, what was well, that? What partly happened though was that I don't think, some of the times I can have delayed reactions because I don't know all the way know how I feel yet. And I'm someone who goes off how I feel. So I didn't realize that I didn't love how things were done and just certain things about a story of this one project until after I had like done the project. You know, someone had asked me to their thing. And so afterwards, then I was like, you know, it just made me know that number one, I'm going to be a lot. I guess more generous with my nose because, mm -hmm. you know, of course, when I'm first getting started or back then, you know, um, I'm going to be more excited when someone's reaching out about something and more eager to say yes, maybe. But now I feel very comfortable in saying no, because I know where my comforts are. I know what I want. I think I had to experience some life 
in order to know, you know, everything that I do want. So that's why I'm glad that, you know, it has been a gradual process in building the career because through any little mistake or good decision, I feel like I've learned and it's only shaped what I want to be, what I want to represent and what I want to be involved in. And really, yeah, just what I'll be spending the hours of my day on. So my biggest regret for that one is just, well, I, I won't say I have regrets because I just don't know that I all the way knew how I felt or how to navigate that yet. Because, you know, when you're experiencing stuff for the first time, you just got to experience it and then be like, oh, did I do what I wanted or not? So, yeah. And I, th- I think that is a big lesson, especially when you're on your like beginning end of your journey. It's just kind of like, yeah, opportunity is an opportunity. And it's like, yeah. no. No, because it's like, actually, this is not what you signed up for. And this is super different. And things that that's probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, like having some certain experiences have probably like molded you to say, actually, I want to own all my stuff because I don't want to be signed on to something. And you tell me something that I'm not comfortable with, but now I have to do it because I'm signed on. I have a problem with that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And for me, it was also that that project in particular, it just wasn't really creatively even the story that was told. I just, I didn't enjoy it. And there was, I definitely had some notes in my head that I didn't make. And so after that, it made me want to make sure that number one, I wanted to say more no's because I felt like I was saying yes to other people's doing things and other people's stuff. But by that, I was saying no to some of my own because I was putting my time into other things. And I think my stuff is really creative. And I, I mean, there's like a lot of projects that the public has never seen that, you know, are in development and stuff just because I have a very like fun, creative mind. But, um, you know, the business side of me knows that things take gradual time. And so the blessings are, you know, they've been flowing and they're, you know, still on the way. Everything is going to plan, but it just takes time. And so right. I am grateful for, you know, learning then to just be better at and from other things, learning to be better at saying no. Because when I put all the energy into all the creative projects that I love and just that are so amazing, like The Unhinged, Maybe Next Christmas, Flip Flop, uh, Oh, Lucid Love Dreams, our next short film that there's going to be, Maybe Next Summer, the feature film for Maybe Next Christmas, like the feature film spin off, that's mm-hmm. done. And that deck is done. Well, I got to show you that. Um, it's going to be a good time. Listen, Maybe Next Christmas was really good. I enjoyed it. It was very fun. Oh, oh! shout out to Adeem because he's been on the show too. So, what yeah, shout out to him. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really emotional thinking about Maybe Next Christmas, honestly, because I, I'm going to have a different Christmas this one or this year than, you know, ever before because of the couple of the people that we lost. So... I'm going to enjoy a lot when we have the events because now this year it's going to be on streaming platforms um, and we're going to have events in different cities. And it's going to be a very emotional experience because it already was emotional last year and LJ Mm -hmm. was losing people at that time. And now this year it's been me who's losing people. And so it's been very emotional the whole time. And now it will. Yeah, it's going to be cathartic in a way. Yeah, and I think that that's important because it's like, what is art if it's not a, like a source of some sort of source of being able to be cathartic? Yeah, and to just be like, okay, 
Who it is cathartic to for me, it is cathartic to watch reality TV. It's cathartic <laughs> to watch like all these good feel-good stories because you may not, you may be in a place where you're missing your family for one reason or the other, or you're just like, you know what? I could use some extra love. Let me watch this. Something yeah. that is like built in love and it was like built with the intention to spread cheer, happiness, all of these good positive things, or you know, anything, or some things it's like even if it gets a little dark. Okay, that's where I'm at, but I need to watch a story where somebody gets through their dark phase. Great. great. Oh my you know? god, like like the unhinged, oh my gosh. <laughs> that was insane. I was not ready for the ending. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just like Oh my god, it was crazy. Uh <laughs> I cannot wait to make the next stuff. Like I can't wait for us to just be on set together again, you know, us, the ambition people, like all of us, I love our creative community. And so, um, I do too. everybody is really great. And they're super like supportive and friendly. Like, you know, it's like, you can go. And then I've even seen other people bring like, you know, bring a guest and everybody still vibe and click and yes. it's a really good time. So everybody's nice and cool. And then Drew might send an opportunity at some point if it applies. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, it's just, yeah, please, whatever we can do for each other, we just do. So I just, oh my God, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm very excited and I'm super happy to like, I'm happy I moved out here to be able to be close yeah. to you guys because it's just like when that, that ended, it was just like I would have been super sad if I wouldn't get to interact with you guys anymore. So I'm so glad I'm out here. And yeah. slowly but surely, like low-key, the whole team is low-key here. So yeah, everyone is. And honestly, it was I think it's just uh it's just a couple people that might still not be here yet. Right. Yeah, so. mostly everybody. For the most part is and really like the friendships built from that team have been so needed because you already know like you know some of the things that this last year were frustrating me and you know i was not going through the best things at every point and so mm -hmm. having you all's good vibes around and having these friends it really really has felt like you know just home again because in detroit you know no matter what was going on um you know you just had your friends or had whoever and it was just like chill it mm -hmm. felt like home, and that's really what I feel, even though not everyone is from Detroit. Because, like, Tyreek, I love Tyreek, he's from DC. Yeah, and, you know, swear, didn't know that. <laughs> yes, he just he seems like he's from Detroit, and yeah, he you know, blends right in with everybody, so it's like yeah, it's all I, good. It has been very impactful for me to have you know the people on these teams because, yeah, this time last year I was, um. You know, this was right before a lot of you all came. So it's been great to get to know all of you all and be friends. It really, really has. Yeah, it's been a very good time. I'm like, I'm, I'm truly like, I'm always going to be thankful to Ambition. Oh, God. It, oh, my God. Like, truly, it owes me nothing because it gave me so much, you know? It really owes us nothing. Like, Destiny, I'm appreciative and I'm, yeah. I'm excited for when we just keep going through all the things we make together. Next sets we on shoot, we all gonna be hiring each but other. Every, that's what I'm saying. Everybody is doing does a good job of like, hey, this is an opportunity, paid or not, it's a good opportunity, and so we can move forward with that. And you can put this under your belt. This could equip you for who knows what. You know what I'm saying? And so I love that everybody, like you said, if it's an opportunity that even if you just see it bypassing on social media or whatever else, it's just kind of like here you go. 
this yeah. uh, this sounds like you something you would probably be able to do something with exactly with or if you don't great but now we can figure out what we need to work on so that this time next year if they doing it if it's an annual thing right we can yeah. have our stuff together so we can That's be fact. tight that is a fact yeah so it's just it's a good time um i had a few more questions for you 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 all right for that you good you need some yeah. water yeah no i'm good i ordered my uber eats so shoot i'm just sitting over here chilling waiting on them okay so. okay then we straight yeah. uh so what story has been the hardest for you to write, produce, and or act in? Uh, and what was the most natural? So like a little bit, of, maybe it's the same one. I don't know. I would say that oh, the flip-flop has been partly the hardest just because with the series, it's difficult. And, you know, it's like me doing a scripted episodic series for the first time. And so... I think it's been hard because at certain points, you know, I'm just wanting to make sure that, you know, I like all the elements of it. So at some point I may take some things out, add some things back in. Uh, it was hard, you know, when working with some, uh, I guess we'll just say past collaborators who basically wanted to, because, uh, you know, what has drawn everyone to the show in some ways was the techno conversion therapy because, you know, you got to have something unique and fun that is going to make something interesting and different. But mm -hmm. there was a point where uh, we'll just say there was an entity that wanted to take that out. And so it was hard because I did take it out for like nine months or eight months. It was like a while that it was out and or maybe even longer than that. And I just um, building up my own confidence to make sure that, you know, I'm able to stick to my vision and focus on enhancing my vision rather than really throwing it away and doing what, you know, somebody else kind of says. That has been difficult. Um, and yeah, just wanting it to be amazing since a show, it takes a lot of years in development before you see it on screen. And then mm -hmm. if it's going to be successful, which of course you want it to be as a business person, then it's going to be, you know, five, seven years. You know, it's going to be a while of your life. So I think yeah. that I, have, I put the most pressure on that one so that can make that difficult in a way. But um I I'm very excited for it. And you know, it was great to get my angel investor, who's also a very close friend and who just believes in it and is able to even help me in speaking of ownership, you know, they own a part of it and they're able to help be, you know, an ear that is not biased, but mm -hmm. also does have reason to care too, since they have the ownership percentage. And of course, investors are going to, you know, want their return and stuff so it's been nice to have that support and have it be the right um type of partnership so through all of you know the errors in team members and stuff like that um or just team entity will say it has been very good to build the tribe of love that really is helping the baby to get to where i want it to so that's at the end of post-production right now that's amazing. I think it's super exciting. I cannot wait. I know what I've seen thus far, but I know it's more, <laughs> obviously it's more to it than what I've seen. So I'm very excited to be able to see and consume it all. Like I'm very excited. And I think that it's just like, it can be, it's like, it's like, like you said, it can be super hard, but it's so worth it. You know? So I'm very excited to see the end and I'm and like super proud of you for like holding true to it's like now i own this and i'm not about to change it i said what i said 
I, I said what I said, it, and it no, ain't it, changing. No, that's the thing. I'm real, you know, <laughs> cute and calm, but if it is something that is going to be encroaching on my baby, like flip flop or something like that, that Nene will pop out. Okay, <laughs> I will defend my child. Okay, but yeah, in my own type of way, absolutely, and yeah. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't hold on to any of the past grudges. Cause shoot, once I'm able to get my zone peaceful again and have all love in the tribe that's all that matters to me that's really what i wanted so i've been so grateful for this year because getting just you know the team weeded out has helped a lot <laughs> that listen a good team will take you far okay I think, I think it has just been a very blessed year ever since it's been great so yeah i'm very happy for that last question is kind of a dueler it's okay. a dual ish question <laughs> so one is like what do you think can be done in the industry to make um more strides for the things that you seek to have an impact with so the stories that you're telling what do you think like in an ideal world would help you make the best impact as a creator who has all these different intersectionalities that you want to properly represent um yeah i would say just Studios being willing to green light, not just projects that have black queer people in them, but you know, making sure that, like we talked about circling back to the beginning of the conversation, the ownership. I think it's mm -hmm. about that. I think that um, myself and multiple peers that I know who create shows and films and produce, I believe that we should be given the rights to own. And yeah. that is important. And I also believe that we should be teaming up so that we all have our, like I may have fillet films and then someone may have theirs and someone may have theirs. I think it would be great for us to do big things as conglomerate and, um, you know, because we're stronger together. And so rather than focusing on, you know, out competing or, you know, this or that, oh my God, I just got such a fun idea. Um, we should do like, you know, big ensemble castings that are collaborations. Like think about a black lady sketch show. Yes. Yeah. Brunson was in a black lady sketch show. Right. And elementary is out like that was very much so a black women ensemble thing. Wow. You know what? I never thought of it like that till this moment because I've been talking to some people recently about how, um, you know, I want to do some things with a whole bunch of. Because, you know, I know some great black people, black queer people who are whether filmmakers or, you know, just whatever in this type of space. And, uh, you know, if we band together, there's different things we could do when it comes to even getting real estate, you know, getting studio space. Because when you think about Warner Brothers, you know, there are multiple owners. And so, OK, me, myself, I'm not going to be able to, you know, afford like no, you know, whole big studio space or whatever. Um, even right now. Right, right, right now, okay. Let's let's right. keep it cute yeah. right now, honey. That's what I mean. Soon, yeah. sure, but not exactly. right now. But say we were to go in and it's like, okay, we're gonna have these 10 creatives, and of course, it sounds like chaotic. There being 10 black queer owners of you know a certain space or something. But say, you know, we just have to put a certain amount of money down each, and then it's like boom, we're able to make this thing and you know start doing some really good things out of it i would really like that because i know mm -hmm. that on my own i'm going to be able to do great things but it's nice to do things as a team and not just like a team for my projects but like as a conglomerate like i would love to be in a you know 
ensemble cast, ensemble producer type of situation. Yeah, like a real good cohort of creatives that it's just like, okay, we're going to combine. Like, because you even have to look at like what they do with like Hillman grad kind of vibes, right? Like they have cohorts come in and then they're learning and they're moving and they're creating. Now, obviously theirs is more like education based. This will be more like this is in practice based, but like, I think what you could do is like, it's so much power in numbers and like, that's how you actually get the reach, right? right. Cause it's like, each of you have your own reach and some of those things intersect, you know, like somebody probably follows you in the, uh, one of the other creatives that could be represented, but it's like at the same time together, your reach can go so much further and we can continue to humanize these different stories, tell these different perspectives so that more people can feel seen, feel appreciated, feel heard. And these stories can really get out there and start changing different narratives that may be or stereotypes, rather, yeah. and creating new narratives. I so. agree. And I've got this meeting Wednesday um, with a 501c3 that, you know, is we talked at the Speak Out Awards. Where I got the award earlier this year about... Um, you know, just different ways to get the funding and stuff to do this. So mm -hmm. I've been a little bit stagnant, although it's been a goal for months. But, um, you know, I just haven't, like, made any of the efforts or reached out. I've just talked to a couple of the creatives who I know I would want to, you know, absolutely would be involved and stuff. So it's something that this week I plan to be moving forward on. So I'm so excited. I'm super proud of you, Phil. And I really, like... I love and appreciate you so much as a creative person, but also as a friend. And um, how can we just support you? How can anybody from the podcast support you and love on you and uplift your work um, and enjoy the content, y'all? Because he's funny. Like I said, on social media, he's very active, but also he has all these amazing projects under his belt and in the works. So how, what are the way, list them all. They will be in these show notes. So I'm list them all. Two, well, I would say follow my Instagram at Philae, P-H-I-L-A-Y-E, and TikTok, same one, Twitter, Philae Films. And yeah, I mean, uh, you've heard some of what we talked about on the business end and stuff like that. Shoot, I do finance and stuff. So if you ever trying to talk about some ways to get this money together, build this business together, hit me up um, because there's definitely always some things in the works. Uh, one of the things I love about our Real Housewives queen, uh, Candy Burris, is that she's always going to be, you know, finding ways to build some positive business opportunities and stuff. So, shoo, hit me up because there's definitely things in the works. Yes. And I think her, let me see, what's her tagline? Because we love Candy Burris. And she, one thing about her, she's going to plug a business. Yes. <laughs> like, even if it, it don't matter. <laughs> she gonna plug she gonna plug that business and you're gonna get all of it so yes oh her current her current tagline it this is how we gonna end the show candy's current tagline is i ain't never skipped a beat or a bag okay yep. amen uh my tagline if i was gonna be on the if i was gonna be on the housewife i already have my tagline okay and then I want to hear your tagline, Phil. So you're going to okay. be on the spot. That's how we're going to end this out, okay? <laughs> My tagline is, you can't flip the script when you write the script. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
got a you got a tagline? I <laughs> the real creatives of conversations. <laughs> What's your I was, tagline? I was trying to think of something that like used sweet and spicy because since it was real housewives, I wanted to kind of allude to you know how it can get spicy, you know, if wrong. Um, I was gonna say. Oh, what is something that's sweet and spicy? Like, I was thinking of some Chinese food. I was going to say, oh, <laughs> Kung Pao chicken. Because I may be sweet, but I am also spicy. <laughs> but I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> but, like, I want to think of a business one, too, because Candy Moore talks about business. You know, there's all the different... Because in my head, I was going to say, call me chick... Filet, because I'm sweet and spicy. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a while. I'm about to have this Jamaican food. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm being sad now. <laughs> Do you like your tagline? You got to say it now, Phil. You oh, got to say it. Call me Chick-fil-A, because I'm sweet and spicy. Uh, oh. But it's Sunday and I'm open, so I can't be Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> we have to go to dinner and crack up. <laughs> we do, we do. But you guys, on that note. It is only up from here. That's been another episode of Creative Conversations. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you support Phil and all of his things, honey, because you will not regret the follow. I'm going to tell you that right now. Thank you guys so much. And it is only up from here. As always, subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Be sure to share it with a creative person to encourage them on their journey and tag the newsroom at One Choice Mag Newsroom on Facebook and Instagram. It's only up from here.